Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our mid-month episode featuring Breaking Beauty news, what products we're loving and not so much, plus insider celebrity hair and makeup tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Hey, Joe. Hi, Carlene. I just want to remind everyone to join our Facebook group. It's our closed private group. There's lots of fun bonus content in there, pictures from events that we go to. People are sharing product recommendations, and um, we just really love that it's like a safe space to talk about things we're loving and what you guys are loving and guests you want to hear from. And And we love to jump in there and chat with you. Yeah. And another thing that we wanted to just, I guess, give a little bit of shameless self-promo. We had a fun little write-up in Well and Good Mm -hmm. about um, some beauty podcasts to check out. So that was really kind. Thank you for that. And Mm -hmm. I feel very fortunate to have got back in the studio with you, Carlene, because you've been otherwise occupied for the last... (laughs) several months I'm and not just busy. not just because you're a mom of two kids but <laughs> you've had another passion project on the go what you know launching one one uh, one side hustle wasn't yes. enough you needed another one so what are, what have you been doing tell let's tell everyone well i love our podcast breaking beauty and we'll continue to be working on that however i also launched a side project which is a new website called thebeholder.com So just to clarify, it's not spelled out properly. I wish it was, um, and I'm a promoter of things spelled properly. However, hashtag domain name problems. (laughs) So it's the, and then beholder, B-E-H-O-L-D-R.com. I'm glad you spelled that out for people. Vowels are really hard to come by in 2018 (laughs) on the the interwebs. A hundred percent. So it's a website for women over 35, Mm -hmm. like myself, who have just been feeling like they're is kind of a dearth of content out there. Dearth? What does that mean? A lack. (laughs) A big gaping hole. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. Um, And yeah, I just really felt like we are a group of women who should have a voice and a space to be able to talk about the types of stories that we are interested in. I just think that like everybody, we want to be inspired by faces and bodies that somewhat resemble us. Yeah. We want to feel like we're part of the gang. Yeah. So I'm 
create in our own gang. <laughs> Your um, own girl gang. Yeah. Well, I think what sets it apart is really the visuals. So you've got like really cool videos on there, mm-hmm. a lot of original photography, which we just don't see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got beauty's fashion, beauty and fashion stories and some lifestyle. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The cocaine and kale story. Yeah. So there's there is definitely <laughs> going to be some uh, beauty and style, but as well as just general life stuff. So that was a story produced as an as told to that this I just... Is the cocaine and the kale. The cocaine and kale. Yeah. Um, everybody's like, what is that? Well, it's not... It's, it's, not, sh- it's not about Carlene. I actually will say... I will vouch for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So it's really just about um, a dual lifestyle that exists um, for a lot of people where they might be super adamant about what they're putting in their body, mm-hmm. um, all the food that they want to eat is organic and, you know, maybe gluten-free and cruelty-free and all vegan and that kind of stuff. And then they just rage on Coke on the weekends. Yeah. And, you know, when I've talked to people about the story, they're like, I know so many people like this. And I'm really interested in those untold stories. Yeah. And I was interested in exploring what that was about. And the person who I interviewed was very generous and honest Mm -hmm. and, I just think that um, always makes for a good read and a good um, something to think about. Yeah. Now, what about the beauty and fashion stuff? What are you talking about on there? Because we've got some beauty lovers listening to the show. Stories that I'm personally interested in for my own skin at the age of 42 and that um, my friends around me are interested in reading about. Mm -hmm. So whether it is products that... Um, work really well toward adult acne or um, to hydrate wrinkles or um, tried and true ingredients that like our mothers have been using forever and now it's being improved or is sort of like in the ether again. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a story about honey yeah. that, that um, would be an example of that. And we're also going to be tackling stories about things like Botox and tummy tucks, which all my friends ask me about all the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Because, um, again, as that other example, like, we are contradictory people. Yeah. You know, we want to be body positive. We want to accept everything about ourselves. Mm-hmm. But we also want to be real. Like, as long as people are curious about that, then I want to write about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so check it out, guys. Yeah. Beholder.com. There's also, you've got Instagram, which is Beholder World, Beholder underscore world, right? Yeah. And, and same thing on Twitter. And same thing on Twitter. Check it out, guys. Thank you. But I think even people who are not over 35 are going to love the content. Honestly, just for the photography alone, you guys have to check it out. It's really great. Um, so moving along, we went on a Breaking Beauty on location. And we did a really fun little respite from the Canadian winter. We went to Bahamas for a couple of days Mm -hmm. to learn all about the new Neutrogena Neutrogena and Aveeno launches. Now, every single year, I'm like, I think this is just every beauty editor's quest looking for that perfect SPF. Mm -hmm. So you want to have the protection, but you don't want the hassle of feeling like you're wearing SPF. So starting with the, I think... Hydro Boost. The Hydro Boost, sure, we can start there. Okay, Hydro Boost SPF 50. Now, this one is um, 
a really lightweight formula. It glides on like a gel cream, almost like a lotion. Yeah. And it's for face and for body, I do believe. Yeah. I used it on my face. And it's water resistant up to 80 minutes. Um, yeah, so it's hydrating. Yes. It has hyaluronic acid, yeah. um, glycerin, and vitamin E. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a star product. And it's like water gel would be the texture. Yeah, I yeah. definitely would describe it as a gel. It doesn't yeah. didn't feel very creamy to me or at all. Or sticky. Um, and then another one that has been in the U.S. for a while but is just coming to Canada is the Acne uh, Pen. Yeah. So that was a huge launch last year. Um, just at the end of last year. So the pen, I think. Um, so the the mask, though, we saw it last year. Everyone was wearing it on Instagram. They look like stormtroopers. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like LED light. There's blue and red light, and it kills the bacteria. I think most um, people, if you don't have it all over your face, you just want a spot treat. So they're launching this wand. Yeah, and it's also um, another benefit is that you can use it and not freak the shit out of your boyfriend or husband. <laughs> um, so yeah, you just hold the tip against your skin for like two minutes. It's great for those undergrounders when you feel them coming and you yeah. just want to like put a stop to it. You can treat it a couple of times a day. A day. Mm-hmm. To me, it kind of looks like an e-cigarette or like a longer slimmer one of those. Mm-hmm. Like it's very um, discreet and... We don't recommend kind of, putting it in your mouth. While we were in Bahamas, mm-hmm. we were talking with our Neutrogena and Avino peeps. We um, were reminiscing about one of the previous excursions we had been on with the brand, which was many moons ago at Miraval in Arizona. It's like a wellness retreat. It's really awesome. I think it might have been one of the pre- first press trips that you and I had ever gone mm-hmm. on, Carly. Maybe it was 2000. I don't know what year it would have been. I don't know, but we better dig in the crates for a picture. Yeah, I got to find a picture. I think there's a picture of us like hiking among cacti or yeah. something. But anyway, we were talking with the the publicist mm-hmm. about one of their former colleagues. Her name is Nora McInerney, and she was a beauty publicist for a short time in New York. She's just a ray of light, a ray of sunshine, and I've been, I haven't seen her in a really long time, but following her journey online because she also has her own podcast. She's moved back to the Midwest and she's just been, she's just had an incredible... Her life took a 180 turn. Yeah, completely, completely. But the reason we wanted to bring her on the podcast was we have a, we had a connection with her through beauty Yeah, and we've been wanting to talk to her about all the crazy things that have happened to her and her new podcast, which is this wonderful podcast called Terrible. Thanks for asking. That's made every best podcast list and it's Mm -hmm. literally all stems from Nora Mm -hmm. and she's dealing with a lot of heavy subject matter, how she gets through her days, what her beauty rituals are like now, even though she's been through a lot and how beauty still fits into her life. Yeah. So we're, we're not going to give too much away, but basically, yes, Nora was a beauty publicist and left and moved to Minneapolis and a tragedy struck her life. And she has kind of turned that tragedy into something really positive Mm -hmm. where she's making a difference in other people's lives. So without further ado, we're going to dive into our chat with Nora. We're going to talk a lot about beauty rituals, podcasting, and uh, got a little scoop on what she's working on next. What's the second book about? How are you allowed to reveal anything yeah, yet? I think 
So why not? Um, this is the first time I've talked about it. So here's the big reveal. Uh, the second book is called no happy endings and Mm -hmm. it is basically about life, uh, life continuing. And, uh, the first book that I wrote is called is okay to laugh. Crying is cool too. And I wrote that book in like the six months after my husband, Aaron died of brain cancer and my dad had died of cancer and I'd had a miscarriage. And I wrote that book immediately. And I did that on purpose. I you know, definitely could have waited 10 years to write it. I think that's usually what people do before they write a memoir. But, um, I knew also that, you know, being close to something, being in something is a perspective, Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a very wide one, but it's real. And you don't really have the luxury of waiting, uh, to see what it all means. Like you have to go through it. And I did want to document that because so many people every single day that you pass by are just going through it, whatever it is, not necessarily a dead husband and a dead dad, but just something. Um, so I met my current husband, which is what he likes to be called. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, about a year after my first husband, Aaron died. And I, you know, it's, I I got the sense from a lot of people that, uh, they assumed that that meant that the part of my life where Aaron was alive, um, Mm -hmm. that Aaron was over, right? Like that, like that chapter had ended and this was, you know, a new beginning. I finally had a happy ending and a new beginning. And this second book is really, uh, is really exploring those like notions. I think we don't even realize we have Mm -hmm. until we're confronted with them. Like this idea that, that it, that it's, it's too hard to feel two things at once. You couldn't possibly, you know, love one person without invalidating the love that you have for another, Mm -hmm. uh, that you couldn't possibly be, you know, happy and also just devastatingly sad at the same time. And I wasn't ready for that either. I did not know that was a possibility. And so all of these feelings that I had were incredibly isolating and incredibly confusing. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, I wanted to be happy and I felt guilty for that. And I wanted to uh, be able to grieve. And I also felt uh, I felt like because the one year mark had hit, like, you know, my grief time had expired Mm -hmm. and, and for some people it had, you know, for some people they were like, we've had a, like enough of that, Nora, we could take a different version now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, that's what this book is about. This book is really about what comes after, uh, the life that you thought you would have. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, so you're getting real deep with your feelings all day long and putting them on paper. Is it cathartic though? I think anytime you're going through something, anything at all, like your brain sort of packages up most of it and is like, we'll give this to you later. Uh, cause right now you just have to function. Mm-hmm. So even just revisiting, you know, the year it's been, um, it's been three years, uh, since Aaron died and that feels some days like it was a thousand lifetimes ago and, and often like it was five minutes ago mm-hmm. because Aaron is still a part of my life. We have a child together. I'm truly, I'm staring at a portrait of us right now mm-hmm. um, that hangs on the wall that I share with, you know, Matthew, um, my current husband and our children. And um, all of this, the impetus for all of this is that I lost Aaron and that's, that's even a, a complicated, uh, a complicated thing. Yeah. So in terrible, thanks for asking. Tell us about the the start of the podcast. Uh, I mean, the podcast grew out of 
the first book that I wrote, which grew out of the obituary that Aaron and I wrote together the day that he entered hospice Mm -hmm. with we did not think would be published. We were not aware that they don't fact check obituaries, but I like to share that fact with people because go write yours now and make sure it's good and that it includes whatever would make you happy to have as your final piece of work mm-hmm. out on this earth. And Aaron and I wrote it together and we had said uh, we'd revealed his identity as Spider-Man and we had you know, given a nod to his, his first wife, Gwen Stefani, (laughs) and it went viral, which was, I mean, the furthest thing from our intention, we had written that obituary together because I didn't want to, I didn't want to put anything out there about Aaron, especially something so final that didn't have, you know, his fingerprints on it. That wasn't something that, that he had made. He was so funny. He was so creative and we, we did that together and it was, um, sad and funny and just one of the best moments of my life and the hardest moments of my life. And it went, I mean, it, I don't know how to explain when something goes viral. It's such an odd sensation because I mean, you really don't get anything out of it. <laughs> um, you don't get, you don't get paid, you know, like you don't get, uh, there's, it's, there's truly nothing. I remember reading it everywhere. It was, it was, yeah. it was did it, like, I think it made the Daily Mail or something, didn't it? Yes. It made, I mean, everywhere, like in, in, it was popping up on Facebook in like languages I didn't read. So wow. everywhere, like on the news, like on like broadcast news, on like the radio, on Twitter, on Facebook, just everywhere I looked, there was this wow. portrait of, um, of my dead husband and the words that we had written together. And that was how my now literary agent found me. And she had said, wow. you know, we should write a book sometime. And I said, what about like now? She's like, well, why don't you just uh, take a minute and we'll, we'll regroup. And we ended up pitching a book proposal like two months after Aaron died. And then I finished the book four months after that. And so we just, I just went for it, but that's like what I needed to do at the time. But I just started getting so many messages, so many messages. And I spent a lot of time in that year after Aaron died, just stuck in my phone, just you know, really in other people's stories and other people's experiences, because mine were too much and uh, like too much to really like wrap my mind around. And I realized that people were emailing me um, or sending me a Facebook message or, or sending me a Twitter message in the middle of the night. And they were telling me really, really personal things that I doubt that the people in their lives, their friends and family were hearing, mm-hmm. uh, probably because they weren't asking, uh, they weren't, they never had asked or they weren't asking anymore. And because, you know, time had passed and they thought it was over or it was the wrong thing to bring up. And, you know, they didn't want to make this person sad. There are a million reasons why we don't talk about hard things. And so their best bet for just feeling heard and feeling seen was just to tell me, to tell a stranger. Mm -hmm. And I'd reached the point where I did have to pay my mortgage, um, like every month. It was so rude. (laughs) It's like Ralph Ralph eats every day. It was just so 
bonkers to me. How have I been doing this? Like, how have adults been doing this for generations? And what can I do to make money that isn't going to a cubicle and writing tweets? You know, Aaron was like such a creator. My dad was an immensely talented writer who, you know, graced the world with several infomercials. (laughs) What was the the one infomercial again he was most famous for? Oh my God, so many. Um, I'm really going to have to think. I mean, Nordic oh, yeah. Tech, he consulted on the Shake Weight. Shake Weight is the flab-busting breakthrough that trims your arms and shapes your shoulders at the same time. You just shake it back and forth. If you had the Shake Weight in your hands right now, you'd feel the results before the end of this commercial. I mean, I have so many shake weights. Anything that is in your basement that could clean your house or make you uh, allegedly trim inches from your hips, waist, and thighs. Uh-huh. <laughs> my dad wrote it. So. And so you sit down to make this podcast and then like, you probably were going to probably do seasons at one point, And now everyone is just, it's on every best podcast list. Yeah. We've intended to make 10 episodes and sort of take it from mm-hmm. there they had not really made a lot of podcasts with um, just people who had sent them a DM saying, I'd like to make a podcast and I have an idea. When can mm-hmm. we meet? So it was kind of an unusual situation. And Hans Buto, who's my, uh, who's my senior producer now, he's, he's gotten a promotion. So he, he and I were, were the team. We did those 10 episodes. They, they started coming out November of 2016 and um, we're still doing it, which is so crazy. This must feel so long ago, but when we first met you, you were living in New York. We, I think, first met either at a desk side or at in Arizona at Miraval, maybe. I think I think we're gonna say Arizona. It's a more exciting story. <laughs> it's a more exciting story, certainly, because I was living a lifestyle, if you can call it that, wherein I shared an apartment with three other wow. girls. And my room was basically the size of a queen size mattress. <laughs> and to have a bed meant that I had to take the door off of my closet so I could access oh it. God. All of a sudden I was at a resort that Oprah <laughs> had been to. And I was like, I've seen a single cockroach. I have been fed several <laughs> meals that aren't just alcohol and cigarettes. And yeah, I was like, I'm doing yoga. This is bonkers. I, you know, my my lifestyle at the time was like, wake up, um, get a cup of coffee, go to work, stay at work for like 12, 14 hours, um, walk to like get a drink with friends and then and then go home and fall asleep and do it again. So that was nuts. And every, I was with a bunch of Canadian beauty editors, including the two of you. Everyone was so beautiful yeah. and like, well-dressed. And I was like, I had to dig deep to find seven days of breakfast. <laughs> like, I had to really dig deep. That was like, that was a wonderful that time. Was, that was a wonderful Jill time. and I have this amazing memory. We call it our Oprah and Gail moment where, what was that activity? It, I think it was did? one of those like trust activities. It was like a harness and we were like and swinging, swinging from, I, it basically looked like a telephone pole and we just had to let go. It's like a metaphor for life, you know? Yeah. And, and we had to have some <laughs> mantra in our mind or something. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was an unlikely, um, person to work in beauty PR. I was, I mean, I just didn't spend a lot of time like on my appearance and like the girls I worked with were definitely really glamorous. And, uh, so I always felt like a little bit out of place, but I was a great person to work on it because I had my dad's genetic gift of 
a hundred percent believing in anything I worked on. <laughs> I, to this day have a Ninja blender, uh, that my dad wrote an infomercial for. It's so loud that it, it upsets our children, all of them 16 to the baby. And I'm like, this is the greatest blender that, that money could buy. You have all of this, you know, history with beauty working in it for a short time as like a beauty publicist. Like what is your life like now in relationship to beauty? And I feel like sometimes you'll do the instant story with like mascara testing, lipstick testing. I think you were saying something about like aggressive beauty as well. I have extreme beauty dysmorphia wherein like currently I look like sort of like a lab rat. I am very pale. I need a, I need a touch up on my microbladed eyebrows. Um, I, my extensions, my eyelash extensions are off and I'm not wearing makeup today. Truly. I love a Kardashian slash real housewife aesthetic, even though I will wear the same like leggings to the gym and then just sort of wear them all day. Um, or like I'll, I'll wash my hair every three days, but not in like a cool, like I dry shampooed it and like it's voluminous way, just like a, your dirty kind of way. But I really admire like aggressive femininity. I really do. Like I got eyelash extensions, which were the greatest. If I, it, the only reason I don't have them right now is because it requires 15 seconds of me going on a computer, consulting my calendar and then picking a time. <laughs> That's it. Um, I got my eyebrows microbladed, which is another word for like tattooing. I watched that on Instagram stories. I love it. Even now it's like, you know, I could use, I could use like a little bit of a touch up, but so good. I feel like at least I look pretty decent when I wake up, but the combination of that with eyelash extensions, I swear to God, I wake up looking like a Disney princess, even if I haven't slept. I wish that I would have taken such good care of myself when I was younger, but I didn't think of it as like, I didn't think of time spent on myself as time well spent. And now that I'm 35, I like love a ritual. Like I love it. What are some of your rituals to like either unwind or just like shake off some of the really heavy shit, your, um, content that you're producing in the run of a day? If you aren't also like, if you aren't actually taking care of yourself and the term self-care is so gross I don't know why I just don't like it, but I have like probably in the past, like four months, just really put together, uh, like, I I don't know. Yeah. I guess I like really like ritual or habit, like around the way that I take care of myself and especially my skin. I will tell you that 35 is not old and yet you should (laughs) tell my skin that because I'm like, what is happening? Like my 16 year old stepson, he like pushed my hand, like just the back of my hand. And he goes, huh, look how your skin moves. And then he pushed the back of his and he goes, mine doesn't at all. I was like, that is, why would you have done that? I just did like, that while you said it. No, I'm, testing I'm just I'm testing my plumpness and my collagen on my hand. I was like, what are they teaching you in biology? And why did that feel necessary? Like, don't do that to me again. Um, or be like, wow, I mean, it's just like, so is there like a mask um, that you like to do? Or is there like, is it bath time? Okay. So I wake up. I also don't know how to say any words, which is why I never say them out loud, but is it CeraVe? Do oh, you know? CeraVe, the, the skin cream. Okay. So I use their basic yeah, cleanser. Uh-huh. I used to, I used to really not wash my face in the morning. So I was like, I just slept. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're not the only one. Several, several of the founders that we've talked to have said that. 
And sometimes I don't either. It's winter and it's Canada and I can't afford the the moisture loss. But anyway, so I, I do that. Um, and then I use like the super bounce serum from Mm -hmm. Glossier. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with ordinary right now. I've bought like a hundred of their things. Okay. I couldn't even tell you what I'm putting They're on. like all, all the ordinary. $9. You're like, Anything. okay. Nobody knows. They just buy everything and <laughs> layer it and see what happens. Perfectly fine. Oh, I actually, before that, sorry, before the serum, I use Suantra, which is like to, from my doctor. And so yes, like I have a little bit of, I was getting a little bit of rosacea, oh. which I did not know. until I went to a dermatologist. It's that Irish, um, uh, Irish skin so coming back to bite you. Very much. So that, I, uh, Sulantra, super bounce. Then I go about my business for a little bit. Then I come back and I do the um, Sulantra SPF 30 uh-huh. moisturizer. Good on you. SPF everywhere. Um, I use Aveeno daily moisturizing lotion on my entire like, head to toe. DML. Everywhere, every day. Oh, then I take my vitamins for the day. Rich, two daily, uh, the ritual daily okay. vitamins, two of those. I take a ton of vitamin D, like so much vitamin D. And then now I'm taking, what's that um, hair vitamin? Um, uh, 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 it's on the tip of my tongue. Viviscal? That's mm-hmm. it. I take Viviscal. At this point, if I have my eyelash extensions yeah. on, yeah. I'm done. Like if those are, they're done. However, today I mixed like a little bit of the... Glossier mm-hmm. foundation with their uh, their moisturizer. Used a brush, just put it on. Like I, I'm <laughs> signaling to you, like the the from the bridge of my nose out to my cheeks, and then like part of my forehead. You read, moving you read all of the magazine tips. I read all the magazine tips, and I'm like, this is just what I do. It's very simple. And then at night, I get to wash my face, which is my favorite. And I do the CeraVe. Yeah. I'm going to say it yeah. on CeraVe. Get at me. This is my favorite stuff. Okay. CeraVe. Then I do yes. the Glow Tonic from Pixie, yes. which is available at Target. <laughs> and it's wonderful. I do that probably like three times a week. Then twice a week, I do... Uh, it's not Retin-A. Yeah, there's Retin-A. Older, the retinol. retinol. Yeah, I do. Maybe it is Retin-A. So I do that like twice a week. I was doing it three times a week and I, I thought my face was going to crack open. You're like, there. yeah, it's revealing like the 16-year-old you like somewhere. It's just peeling away. Yeah, which I'm like, who, why didn't people teach me how to moisturize in high school? Like, why was that? Like my 11-year-old, she's in sixth grade. Your she's dad, moisturizing Your dad needed night. to write a beauty okay? infomercial. He really needed to. I did have the Victoria Jackson makeup kit in middle school that was purchased off of a like home shopping network or something. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? Don't you? I looked like a four-year-old divorcee in seventh grade. You know what's better than a little makeup? A lot of makeup. In middle school. In middle school, I truly, I was like, I had a dramatic eye in my seventh grade photos. Like, it's like a smoky eye, but it's all like, uh, burgundies. So it was very intense. Um, okay. So then at night, I also got this stuff called Egyptian magic. Do you know what this is? Oh yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. Number one, number one thing on Amazon, I think. Guess what? At least Americans, you can go to Costco and it comes, it comes with a a big one and then also a little one. And it's very cheap with the magician on the package or whatever. What is it? A crystal ball or something? Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot going yes. on. It reminds me of Dr. Bronner's like there's like any, anything you want to say, we've got one chance to do it on the writer's dream. Put Just on. put it all on the package. Put it all on the package. Yeah. I, I, I it kind of yeah. makes me trust it more. So I'm like, these people have 
nothing to hide. They're like, we just want you guys to be happy. Put it everywhere, anywhere. Yeah. And so I use that as my eye cream now. And I also use like this, one of those crystal. Oh, yeah. Rollers, Jade, like like amethyst oh you have purple one, an amethyst. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do that. I, I roll like a serum, either a, like yeah. an ordinary yeah. one or, uh, and then after that I pat a, is it Ole yeah. something? Ole oh, Henriksen? Yeah. I just oh, learned gosh, that this is pronounced Ole Henriksen. Yeah, because he's um, from Copenhagen, you know, like the whole hug it, hug a trend, huggy, whatever. Yes, he doesn't do that either. Yeah, it's he's Ule, Ule Henriksen. He's got a great vitamin C, so I I learned you're supposed to pat that on, (laughs) not rub it, just pat it on. And then I um, wash my hands, and then I put on like five different hand moisturizers, like regular lotion, and then this uh, lotion from Arizona that's made, you can get it at the farmer's market, but she also sells it online. It's called double blessings. It's made out of goat milk. I swear your hands will be so soft. It's just regular lotion and it's amazing. It's made out of goat milk somehow. It's good. Um, and so I do that while I lay in bed and read. And, and <laughs> that's, that's a good, that's that's a lot. you were, you sounded like you were all casual, but when you said amethyst roller, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's the time that I love at night is like 25 minutes of just hanging out, looking at myself. And do you feel like the roller makes a difference? I do think especially because it has two ends. So there's a smaller one. And I do think, especially because it sits on like my cold bathroom counter, especially doing that over your eyes at the end of the day, it just feels so good. I did recently do like actual like microdermabrasion Mm -hmm. at the dermatologist recently it was not glamorous, but yeah. it, it definitely helped. It definitely helped. I love that. And I, yeah, I want to try microneedling. There's basically like, I don't think there's anything that I wouldn't. I think a lot of people get high like at Sephora. For me, mm-hmm. it's like a CVS or a Walgreens, a Target. But like that's yeah. where I am really in the zone. Okay. Before we let you go, we want people to experience your podcast. And so if there's one episode that you think people should get acquainted with and, or be prepared with a lot of tissues. Like what do you think is one of your favorites or really represents the show? Oh gosh. Well, one of my favorites is um, called chapter two. I love that one a lot. And oh my gosh, that truly episodes 15 and 16. Oh my God. I listened listened to it alone. I want to know the, I want to know the update. That's that's, part three. I hope will be coming, but I mean, so don't put this in. So when people listen to part one and part two, because I do think I, like the forever alone thing too, I, it was important to me f- for me to do a story about dating and, or, or just like, it's so difficult. People just sort of like minimize uh-huh. like the search for love, which is <laughs> harrowing. Okay. It's like, people just block it. It's like once they like find somebody, they're like, Oh no, no, no it wasn't bad. Oh, it's fine. It was fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. Before I met Aaron, before I met my first husband, I walked through downtown Minneapolis bawling. You can't do that in Minneapolis. So you can in New York or Toronto people, you don't cry in public. You don't even walk in public. It was weird that I was walking through downtown to get to my apartment. And I was just sobbing. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't fucking do this. I can't yeah. meet anyone ever again. I just want, I just done, done, done. And I remember calling my best friend, Dave, and he was like, oh, you should be exhausted. Jesus. Like, I dated three people my whole life. I'm, oh, 
Well, thank you so much. much, You're the best. So much fun talking to you. Let's do it again. Let's do it live if you come on a book tour. Oh my God, I would love that. Okay, we'll get back to writing. No more more looking in shoe boxes. (laughs) And now now I'm looking at my living room like, hmm, there's, there's a pile of shit I could organize. Thanks for tuning in. Visit breakingbeauty.ca to sign up for our newsletter and every episode will be delivered direct to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And be sure to subscribe to us. There's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you're up for it, show your love by writing a review in iTunes.